Welcome to the LifeHouse Church Podcast. LifeHouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. But this week, we're going to actually finish up James chapter 5, which is the very end of the book, and it's verses 13 through 20. And this is where James is giving some final words. And these words are kind of a little less it is what it is. They're a little less harsh, and he's speaking to people that are in different seasons of life. And we're going to dive in and read it together. But you'll see um, that when that whenever James is talking here, these are some of his final words, some of his final encouragements to this group of Christians that are scattered around the known world at that time. He's saying, hey, in these different seasons of life you're in, let's talk about that. And let me give you a few things to focus on. So let's go ahead. James chapter 5, verse 13 through 20. You're going to see it right on the screen there. This is what James says. He says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Then he says this in verse number 19. He says, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander away from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So can you kind of hear how James is speaking to people in different situations? He says, hey, if, if you're in a season of trouble, pray. If you're in a season of happiness and there's joy and there's blessing, you know what? Sing a song of praise. If you're sick, get the leaders of the church to pray over you and to anoint you with oil. If you're sinning, confess it. Confess it to somebody to somebody else, not just to God. Confess it to some other person. It'll help cleanse your soul. And if you're wandering away, come back. And if you are someone that sees someone else wandering, go and get them and bring them back. And really with this scripture, I felt that there was kind of two ways we could go. We could kind of focus on the prayer portion where you can see a lot of what James tells the people to do is to pray, confess their sin. If someone's wandering, bring them back. And that, and that is such an important part here. And, and that we can just conceptually look at that and gain that. And we can see the importance of prayer. We can see the importance of confessing our sin. We can see the importance of saying, man, if someone's wandering away from the truth, go and get them and bring them back. But also, too, James is speaking to people that are going through specific seasons of their life. And that's what I really felt the Holy Spirit impress upon me to focus on with us today, is what do we do with different seasons of life? And how do we thrive in different seasons of life that we are going to inevitably face? You know, if anybody in the world knows about seasons and the difference between them, it is those of us that live in the 757. Because we can have a different season each day 
during the week, right? It can be cold, it can be fall, it can be spring, it can be summer. You never know in the 757 which one of the fall seasons you're gonna get. Even that's why one of the main reasons why people come to Virginia and live here is because they know they are going to get four seasons. There's gonna be a change in the seasons. And so if there's anyone that knows about seasons, it's probably those of us that live in the 757. But even when you look in the when you look at the word seasons in scripture, you see that this, this beautiful theme throughout scripture and how important it is to be able to discern, prepare for, embrace, and learn from different seasons of life that we have. You can even see in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 when it is King Solomon sharing his wisdom. One of the things he says in verse number 1 in chapter 3 is that there is a time and season for everything. Even when God was talking about his people, when they were at a point where they were rebelling against him in the Old Testament, the, the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah was describing what God's people were like to them. And he had, he got this message from God and he went to the people and he told them, look, birds know the seasons. Birds can discern, know, and respond to the various season and then do what they need to do. It's fly, you know, it's fly south or go get food. He says, birds can discern the season, but you as my people can't even do that they were going into a season where they had rebelled against God. And he was saying, you need to go into a season, a time period of repentance. And God's like, people, like the birds know the seasons, how to adjust and change to them, but you don't even know. You can even see in Jesus's life, Jesus's life could be defined by seasons. I mean, you just think Jesus went through a season of training, zero to 12. You know, there is, you know, a, a decent bit of stuff talked about in the Bible where it talks about Jesus being born, his upbringing, and then how at 12 years old, he was found in the temple preparing himself, asking questions, where Jesus had this season of training in his life. But then from 12 years old to 30 years old, you hear nothing about the life of Jesus in the Bible. What is that? That was a season of obscurity. That was a season where he was not out in public. He did no miracles. He did not teach. He wasn't the one everyone was like, oh my God, this is a great teacher. He was probably working a regular job. He, um, scripture says that he was a carpenter. So he was probably just doing jobs. He was preparing himself, getting himself ready to be, um, to be propelled into that season of public ministry. But even before he went into a season of public ministry, he went through a season of temptation and testing. You can see Luke, and I think, believe it was Matthew, talk about Jesus went through a period of testing. And he went through a, a period of trial of getting to a point where he was launched into his public ministry, where then he had a season of ministry success. He was teaching and healing and preaching and going from city to city, proclaiming the kingdom of God. But then we see what that season led to. It went to a season of pain. It led to a season of, of, you know, of persecution. It led to a season where ultimately he was crucified and it was filled with pain and grief, but after the, the, the season of pain and grief, it led to a season of what? Resurrection. You can even see the life of Jesus was marked with seasons. And what, the reason I'm telling you this is because we have to know that as people in general and as followers of Jesus specifically, our lives will be marked by seasons. 
And one of the most important skills you can have by the Spirit of God is be able to discern and know and identify what season of life you're in. So you can ultimately be, because here's, here's the thing, the point, and I feel like I need to share this, whenever I'm like putting tools in your hands to hopefully become better, to, to, to become a better follower of Jesus, like I'm not just doing this for self-help, like the goal of your life, the purpose of your life is to become more like Jesus. When, when you repented of your sin, you, you reoriented your life around Jesus. You, like the point of your life is not just becoming a better you. The point of your life is becoming more like Jesus. So even what I'm preaching today is to hopefully put tools in your hands to become more like Jesus as you navigate and encounter the different seasons of life that you will inevitably have. Even one of the things Jesus said when, when, when he was preaching and teaching He told them, hey, build your life on me. Build your life on me. Why? Because he says, when the storms come, you will have your foundation built on somebody that cannot be shaken. So what was he he actually telling them? Hey, like your life, your life is going to be a season that, that it's not if the storms come, but when the storms come, that you need to be ready. And one of the ways you can be ready is by building your life on me. What was he doing? He was helping them. He was, he was helping his followers to prepare for the various seasons that were going to come because Jesus knew life is all about Jesus. Even one of the things Jesus said about the city he loved, Jerusalem, is there was, there was this even part where he was talking to them. He said, Jerusalem, if you only knew what you had, if, if, if you only seized the appointed season that was here, where your Messiah is here, if you would have just recognized it and seized it, you would have been in a season of blessing. What was Jesus doing? He was mourning the fact that the city, the people, that Jerusalem did not recognize and realize the season of life that was available to them. So I hope you're here in my heart of discerning and walking in and being able to process what season you're in is so vital. So what I sincerely wanted to do today is put some tools in your hands to help you thrive in whatever season of life you're in. And really, I, I believe the Lord spoke to me four different principles. And very rarely do I say when I preach something like I've done it well, <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, a lot of the times the things that I preach and teach are things that I'm not 100% great at, but I'm not the standard of perfection Jesus is. I'm just the mouthpiece. But this is one thing that I can honestly say as I look back on my life and the journey that God has taken me on and the seasons that Kristen and I, we've walked through. This is something by God's grace that I sincerely believe I've done decently well is navigating seasons. So I want to share with you four principles to put in your hands to help you thrive in whatever season you're You've been in, you are in, or you will be in. The first one's this. First off, let me go ahead and pull it up here, sorry. Discern the season. Discern the season. Having a spirit of discernment is so vital in knowing what season you are in. Because, but, but also sometimes what I think helps is having the right language. Because sometimes I think we can feel we're in a certain season, but we don't actually know what kind of season we're in. I remember this, this specific moment when I was in an absolute dry season. 2020 happened. 
And being a pastor in 2020, you couldn't make anyone happy. Everyone had an agenda. Every, everyone was mad at everyone else. No one was coming to church. Like, like, and I just hit a tailspin. And I remember going on a retreat and somebody was talking about the specific seasons of life and how sometimes on the journey, you hit a wall. And when they said that is literally like I saw before me the very season that I was in. It put language to what I was feeling. And sometimes I think we feel things that we don't actually have verbiage for. And when we get verbiage for it, it helps us to be able to conceptualize it. So then we can have a better idea of what season we're actually in. And whenever it said, sometimes as you are doing things for God, you will hit a wall. And the only way to get over the wall is to start the journey inward instead of just doing more things for God. That gave me language that put me, I was for years, I've been in this season where in my relationship with God, it just felt like a wall. And I pray, I read my Bible, I would do all these spiritual disciplines that I was taught and learned and, and, and that I was told to do without realizing I had been hitting a wall and what I had actually been doing is not allowing the Lord into my emotions. I had just been so task-oriented. Well, I'll just read more of my Bible. I'll read better leadership books. I'll just do more, 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 more. Instead of saying, I need to invite the Lord into my emotions. And instead of just reading the Bible, I need to start reading some Psalms so I can hear about, this, about those in the Bible that poured their heart out to God and weren't concerned about being judged, but just let the inside of them come out. Whether it was anger, whether it was rage, whatever, like they, they were not scared of being 100% themselves before God. And whenever I had some language, it gave me like, okay, this is the season I'm in. I have actually been in a season, like a dry season. I've been in a wall season and I needed new language so I could have new language. And then I needed some new disciplines, some new things to do to help me get through and walk through and ultimately thrive out of this tough season that I was in. Maybe you need some language. I mean, honestly, maybe some of you, you've got these feelings, but you don't know exactly. Maybe that's you. Maybe you are in a dry season where you grew up in church and you were someone that, you know, you, you've been in full-time ministry. You, you've done ministry. You've done a lot of things for God. But maybe inside you're like, God, where, where are you? And you feel like you're doing a lot for God, but your relationship with God isn't even there. What I would maybe invite you to do, maybe you were where I was. And so maybe instead of just doing, well, I just need to read my Bible, pray, da, da, da. Maybe you need to take a season and invite the Lord into your emotions to realize you need to stop trying to earn the approval of God by what you do and just simply start resting and just basking in the fact that you are a son or daughter of God. And God just doesn't want the good part of you. He wants every part of you. And you can come to him and give him all parts of you because he's not scared of any part of you. And so you just, you might need a season of reading the Psalms. You might need a season of having a soul friend there that you can just talk to and pour your heart out to and not be concerned about being judged, but just pour your heart out to this person so you can start to identify your emotions so you can start to process them because any emotion that isn't processed is still there. And many times our relationship with God is hindered because we haven't processed what's inside. Maybe that's you. Maybe you are in a dry season. Maybe you're in a waiting season. You're like, man, I just feel antsy. And I just, and you know what? Maybe God's saying, hey, maybe you, you need to wait. Maybe some of you, you're in a testing or trial season. Maybe some of you, you're in a spiritual warfare season. You've just got this like you feel like you're literally in the midst of a battle and you're like, 
everything out here is good, but everything on the inside, it's like you can even feel in your spirit, like I'm, 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 I'm in like a spiritual warfare season. Maybe you're in a grinding season where, man, you've you got jobs, you've got a lot of things popping, you've got a lot of things going, going on. And let me just say about that grinding season, be careful about that grinding season, because if you're not careful, that grinding season will be literally your whole life, <laughs> right? Um, like maybe the grinding season hasn't just been a season, maybe it's been a lifetime, right? Um, but, but possibly some of you, like, you know, you are in a season where I've got to utilize this time and space I have to get as much as I can done, but maybe some, like maybe rest, like maybe some of y'all need a rest season, right? Like I being able to identify what season you're in helps you then know what to do. Because here's, here's the thing that I have learned. If you aren't able to discern what season you're in, you will be tempted to think you're losing in a certain season when you're actually winning. The problem is you just don't have a true understanding of what season you're in. For example, right? Like if, 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 if you are in a season where God wants you to wait and to you, success is accomplishing and doing success is, you know, moving forward. Forward, but you're in a waiting season. If you don't understand and discern you are in a waiting season, then you'll actually think you're in a losing season because to you, success is just moving forward. So you could, so actually in that waiting season, winning for you could be resting, right? So when you know what season you're in, it helps you define what a win is, right? I struggled with this heavily because, you know, before we started LifeHouse, I, I, I saw winning as accomplishing and doing this, this, this stuff, but there was a lot of things that I was actually in a waiting season. And, and so what I'm encouraging you is you need to be able to discern what kind of season you're in, because if you don't, then you might be tempted to think you're losing when in actuality, you just don't have the right definition or you haven't discerned what season you're in. When you're able to discern, you know what a win looks like, because winning looks different in different seasons. Some of you dads, you might feel like, you know, you're, you're not doing as great as you could at work. Well, that's because you got three little ones at the house. Winning in this season of fatherhood is being available and present and there for your family. You might not be killing it at work in that season, but man, if you're killing it at home, let's go. Because that's what, because you have a limited season to be with your family and be with your kids. So winning might be sleeping in on Saturday and making the kids breakfast and going out to them to the park and having a walk and a, a bike ride instead of going out and try to close some more deals or, or whatever. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Being able to discern and identify and name the season you're in is so vital. Now, how do you discern seasons? A couple thoughts. You need to look at what is obvious, right? Like there are some things going on around you that is just obvious what kind of season you're in. Back in 2015 and 16, before we started LifeHouse, there were three events that happened. My, um, we had our, we kind of had a transition moment at the church we were at, current, the, we were serving at. We had a death in the family, mom passed. And then we had my third born son, Dallas. There was like three distinct moments of like transitions happening. It's like, it's clear, it's obvious. I just had to look around and be like, we're in a season of transition. And so boom, that's what happened. But also too, sometimes you need to look inside. What is God doing inside of me? And be able to kind of pull out and discern 
what's going on in, inside. But also too, you might need somebody beyond you that has lived more seasons than you have. You might need to invite them and share with them what's going on and they can come alongside you and help you discern what season you're in. Don't be afraid to bring in somebody to help you and kind of say, hey, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm walking through. Can you help me discern what season I'm in? Discerning the season is so important, but not just discerning. Secondly, you can discern the season, but you got to prepare for the season. You got to pre prepare for the season. I just spent like seven, five, no, five, six, seven hundred dollars preparing my three kids for school season. <laughs> All right, like, like they, they are. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just back, back to school shopping, man. That is that, that is something else. But what was I doing? I was preparing them for the season they're about to enter into of learning and being in school. So I want to make sure they had everything they needed for that specific season. We were preparing them for the season. And it's so vital that when you discern the season, you might not be in the season yet. So you might need to do some preparing for the season. You can see this built in nature wise. You can see this with birds. You can see this with different animals. They can discern what season is coming. So they start to prepare themselves with food and shelter and even the environment to make sure that they are ready and prepared to be in the season they're in. In the spirit in your life, it's no different. I love what Proverbs, and Proverbs is literally a book of Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom. And one of the things that was written in Proverbs, found in chapter 20, verse number four, this is what it says here. It says, sluggards do not plow in season. So at harvest time, they look but find nothing. Let's, say, let's read it one more time. Sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. What is this saying? The lazy one doesn't take advantage of the harvest season by preparing. Right? So let me give you a few examples about how to put this in context. Right? Some of you are single and you are desiring to be married. Okay? If that is you, put it in the chat and we might be able to play a little bit matching game here. Okay? I'm... <laughs> Who knows, man? You never know what God can do, right? But some of you are in a single season wanting to be married. And so with that, you might need to enter into, instead of wasting your singleness, instead of like letting the singleness just kind of, you go out and be buck wild, give your body to anybody, not prepare financially. Like you, you, you waste the season of preparation for marriage, instead of saying, I'm gonna prepare in this season of singleness for marriage. Like, I'm gonna get myself right. Like, I'm gonna become the kind of person that I want to be in marriage. So I'm going to work on my finances. I'm gonna work on my career. I'm gonna work on my, on my, emotional health. I'm going to work on these specific areas. So when I get to marriage, that when the harvest of marriage comes, I am ready and prepared to step right into it. Right. But just, just think this could even be with jobs. Like, like possibly you're at a job right now. And you know, you, you might not realize that you being at this job, you don't actually want, or this job that you might think isn't what God's best is for you is actually preparation, preparing you for the next thing that there are experiences you're having, there are relationships you have that you are cultivating at this particular position and job that you might not want, that down the road you'll actually see 
man, God, I did not see that you were actually preparing me for the next season by me utilizing the season I'm currently in. Do you see it's so important to prepare for the season? And typically the way you prepare for the next season is by being faithful in the current season you're in. Because here's the thing, don't think you can treat one season like a waste and think the next season will be fruitful. I see this all the time, right? And, and we get so consumed with wanting the next that we miss the now. We, we can be so focused on the next whatever, the next job, the next opportunity, the next relationship, the next, that we actually miss that if, if, if we don't take advantage of and utilize and give our best to where we are at now, then how in the world are we going to be able to take our best and put it in the next. We just think that we can waste the now and utilize the next. And what I want to encourage you with is the way you treat seasons now is probably the way you'll treat seasons then. You know, like I said before we preach, this is one of the things that I felt like in this whole season thing is something that I feel like I've done well. I can look back when I was a youth pastor at a small town in Windsor, Virginia with eight to 10 kids that came to youth group. And I and honestly, when I look back on how I treated them and how I treated that opportunity, it is absolutely not different at all from the way I treat LifeHouse. Because I, I knew if God can trust me with 8 to 10, if he can prepare me with 8 to 10 kids and me looking at them like they're a thousand, then I know I will be, that I would be ready for whatever opportunity God was doing next. He was preparing me. And what I'm saying to you is don't waste the now. Do not waste the now. Why? Because if you waste the now, then you might miss the next. And what I'm saying is be faithful where you are. Be faithful where you are. Okay? Thirdly, so we have got discern the season, prepare for the season. And thirdly, embrace the season. Right, so once you kind of discern what the season is, you prepare for it, and then what I wanna encourage you to do is fully embrace whatever season you're in. Especially if you can't do anything about it. Don't you love when you have seasons that you can't do nothing about, that you can't change? Maybe you got a diagnosis and you've got a season you can't change. Maybe, you know, you've, you've got, you know, like there's just seasons of life at work and within relationships and at home. And, and you know, like there, there are just seasons that can be hard because of just how life is and the brokenness of the world we live in. And this can be really, really hard because we can sometimes not want to embrace it. And we kind of run from it more than we embrace it. We spend more energy running from the season we're in instead of making a home in the season and embracing it. And I just think we need to be careful because uh, one of the things that I've learned, and for those of you who have been through many seasons of life, I think you will also stamp this as being true. If, if, if so, if you would put it in the comment section and let me know. Typically, you will always want and have a tendency to want a season that you don't have, right? Like you'll, you'll always want what you don't have or, or you'll always have a proclivity towards that. So if you don't have kids, you're like, man, I, I can't wait to have kids. 
And then having kids, sometimes you can go back and be like, man, it'd be really nice when these kids get and these kids can get out the house, <laughs> right? Or sometimes you you have this idea of wanting a job and you get the job and you're like, man, this is more money and this is great. But man, I really liked when I had a home life. I really liked when I actually had emotional margin. I really liked when I could spend some time with friends, right? I, I know me personally, you know, there were times I couldn't wait to be a lead pastor. And there's sometimes even now where I'm like, man, it'd be great to just be a youth pastor where I can serve somebody else's vision, where I, where all the answers don't, you know, or all the responsibility isn't on me. It's kind of on someone else and I can just love and serve them. And it's, it's wild how sometimes I'm like, man, that'd be, that'd be really cool. Or Lord, I can drive a bread truck for you, you know, (laughs) you know, but, but what I'm saying is, is that If you don't embrace the season, then you'll always be wandering, looking for a different season. And when we spend energy and time looking for some other season, then we can miss the opportunities to embrace the current season we're in. So my encouragement is really what Jesus said to do. You know, Jesus was way before his time. And a lot of the things that we're even discovering in science today and pop psychology is pretty much stuff that Jesus already said, not to just be a better follower of Jesus, but to, or to become more like the God we serve, but it's, it just makes your life better. And one thing Jesus said, focus on today, focus on today, fully embrace today. And one of the things Jesus, like Jesus was saying, fully embrace now, fully embrace the season you're in, fully embrace today. Cause he said, if you look back too far, then you'll be like, oh, that, that was all great, you know, and, and that was, and no, it wasn't. It's just, you know, and, or you can say, oh man, and then you become worried about the future. So that's, that's why Jesus said, worrying doesn't add nothing to your life. Looking, looking back only, you might covet what was behind you. Don't waste energy looking ahead or looking back. Be fully focused and embrace today. Because if you look back, it saps, it's sideways energy. If you look fo- too far forward, it saps your energy. Focus on the day, fully embrace the season you have. Why? Because probably at some other point in your life, you might want this season you're in. So don't miss the opportunity of now to be fully embraced in the season you're in. But hey, don't just discern the season, prepare for the season and be someone that embraces the season. Here's one of the most, here, here is what I believe is the most important season be a student of your season. Be a student. Be a student. Because here's the thing, God doesn't waste anything. He does not waste a season. And I love, that's why it says in James, like some of you happy, praise. Are some of y'all suffering? Are some, are some of y'all hurt? Hey, pray. Are some of y'all have, you know, are some of y'all sinning? Confess it. Are some of y'all wondering? Come back. Do you see someone wondering? Bring them back. Like he's, He's saying, like, it can all be used for good. And this is one of the promises that I love in Scripture, Romans 8, 28, when it says, God will, God can and will take all things and make it work for our good and for his glory if we put it in his hands. Why? Because all things have the potential to shape us and make us more like Jesus. So that means every season has something to teach us if we will let it. And some of you are walking in seasons right now that you are running from or pushing away and you're not embracing it. And because you're not embracing it, you're not able to get the lessons from it. And I just think the Lord will 
will maybe not take us into that next season until we learn the lessons of the season we're in. Don't miss the lessons in your season. Are you single? Learn some lessons. Are you married? Learn some lessons. Are you at a job you don't like? Learn some lessons. Do you feel dry? Do you feel like you are in a season of testing and temptation? Learn the lessons. Embrace it. Get in it. Instead of saying, God, why am I in this season? Say, God, what are you trying to show me in this season? Because there are lessons to learn in the season you're in. If you will open up your eyes, open up your ears, open up your heart, God has a treasure trove of things he wants to pour in you to make you more like Jesus. If we would just be spiritually discerning and let it in. I remember the season of working two jobs. (laughs) Two jobs, going to full-time school having two young ones at home. I can look back and sometimes the lessons you won't learn in the season until you're through it. And that's why it's important sometimes to go back and watch some game tape on the season. Because one thing that I did not know when I was working two jobs, two kids, I mean, just, just an intense season of life that felt overwhelming. But as I look back on it, the Lord was teaching me how to work how to develop a work ethic, how to push through when I didn't feel it. Why? Because he knew there was going to be many moments and seasons to come that I'd have to do the exact same thing. But as I look back and watch game tape on it, I can see he was preparing me. He was preparing me. There were lessons I had to learn in that season that were going to help me in seasons to come. So my encouragement to you, whatever season you're walking through, be a student, take some notes, Take some time, instead of damning the season of way, say, God, how, what can you teach me so I can learn and be a student and thrive in the next season, whatever that is. Discern the season. Prepare for the season, right? What's the third, third one? <laughs> Embrace the season. And lastly, be a student of the season. And I believe that as James brings out these seasons of life, if we commit ourselves to these four things, that, that we will see seasons as a blessing, not a curse. And we have the potential to use these seasons to ultimately do and be what the ultimate goal of our life is, and that is to be more like Jesus. And Jesus went through seasons. We're going to go through seasons. So don't expect you're, that you're any better than Jesus. You're going to walk through plenty of seasons. But in every season, Jesus learned and trained, and you have the opportunity as well to learn and train to be more like Jesus. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot Lifehouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about Lifehouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.